Hey, Print Hustlers, welcome back to another episode here of the Printavo Print Hustlers podcast. I'm Bruce from Printavo, your host. We've got our co-host, Dr. Stephen Ferg, founder of uh, <laughs> Campus Inc. down in Champaign, Illinois. Doctor, that's new. <laughs> Doctor of Ink, Ink Slinger. And then we've got a very special guest here, though, today out of Warrior Screen Printing in Hawaii. We couldn't even figure out the time zone before, but we've got Cable Spencer owner of Warrior Screen Printing. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me, guys. Caleb, where are you right now? Describe the scene. Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> are you on the balcony outside your print shop? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. We're, we're, we're staying at Colino Resort this week. Kids are off. Wife said, nope, you're going you're gonna to spend a week with us and the kids. Right on the beach, there's a beautiful golf course across the street, so it's nice being good this week. Yeah, where in Hawaii are you not on a beach next to a beautiful golf course? There's not a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? How's everything been on your end? Good, good. I mean, we've been blessed to be healthy. And, you know, like every other business, we're kind of navigating through this time and a lot of pivoting on our end. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I got no complaints, man. Weather's nice. My kids are healthy. Business is not doing the greatest right now but i mean we're still paying the bills my guys are still employed making a little bit of money and i got no complaints yeah so caleb i know like hawaii closed its doors to like tourism for a little bit right how has the virus like affected you guys on the island i know they kind of shut everything down is everything open around you guys what's what's the game like over there so i mean it's taken a while for them to actually create some sort of tier system i should say of how and how that's going to unfold as far as first tier uh essential business second tier we're going to open it up a little bit more social distancing obviously in effect and the third tier we're just going to open it sports schools because right now schools are still shut down the only schools that are able to be in session are private schools and most of the private schools are still shut down just the smaller private schools are open like i was explaining wow. to bruce yeah my kids have a classroom size of 11 to 15 so they've been in school but the government at one point mandated everybody to be closed i think that was like in march i think that was for everyone so the whole third fourth quarter of of school shut down Summer, obviously, you're off, and then fall, they gave the option to only private schools. But I, gotcha. think, I think they're still, you know, with tourism, they're thinking about opening it up on the 15th here, but I, I really don't know that they have a set plan because that keeps changing. And I think that's the tough part is navigating through all those changes and restrictions and mandates. But for us, we've been deemed essential, so it's been, it's been good, but most of our business is sports. And so... Um, that's been shut down and it's been pushed back and back. And now I, I believe January is almost like the start date, but you know, we don't know, you know, and with the, wow. I hate to bring up politics, but with the election coming up, you know, we'll see what happens. So, uh, I'd put Bruce's name in the ring. He's a pretty, he's <laughs> pretty well, he handles himself pretty well in the Facebook groups. <laughs> yeah. You need no, a premium No, no major scandals or, uh, <laughs> no. he's, he's got a nice rap sheet, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I, I'm just kidding. You're on an island, literally. So when things shut down, resources, what what was your first instinct? Kind of borders are closing, I guess, on the island. You know, the biggest thing for us, I mean, we are basically 
Um, we ship in, I don't know, I want to say 80, 90% of all goods. I think number one, just the community itself, they really focused on sustainability. That was one. Um, but we have those big box stores like Costco and whatnot. They were constantly out of stock of certain things, you know, the whole toilet paper deal, I, I, which I didn't, really didn't get. But as far as resources for us as a business, it's been fine. Shipping dates and timeframes have been delayed somewhat. And I don't know about you guys, but Samar has been running out of 3X and 4X, and that's my peeps. But um, other than that, it's been good, you know no really adjustment major adjustments and i think everybody's understanding from a business standpoint they're like okay because of covid you know there is going to be some time delays and whatnot what gotcha. what pivoting have you done you mentioned that before yeah the biggest pivoting um uh for us was we were kind of late on the mask game like, i didn't believe it you know what i mean like i i, I see all of the guys in the forums and all the face group face groups uh Mass here, mass there, you know, doing all these big things. But it didn't hit us until about April, and I really didn't consider jumping in full on. And we were late to the ballgame. But what I mean late to the ballgame, we, we didn't advertise for the fall for the schools to open back up. But we were fortunate we had good relationships with, with <clears throat> some of the schools that we already do printing for. And so... Most of them did mass through us, and that was the biggest pivoting for us was actually going out there and marketing. Here in Hawaii is a little bit different. A lot of people don't do marketing. Because we live on an island, it's, it's literally who you know. It's your network. It's a real tight-knit community, you know? For us, that was a major pivot was, okay, we're going to get into mass. And also, we have a couple of retail brands that we need to start looking into and driving more traffic to. So marketing on Facebook was a huge one. What do you mean, your retail brand? Yeah, so we have a, we have a two retail brands. Um, it's called High Hawaii, um, which is it's a grassroots uh, movement. It started with a lot of different fundraisers for different events, different um, culture-sensitive issues on island. You know, different things like Mauna Kea. I don't know if you heard about that. And that's a mm -hmm. whole other story. But um, it's just the military taking over certain things that we felt was sacred to our culture. And uh -huh. um, that was a big movement in itself. <clears throat> and then the university trying to use it and they've been failing and all this other stuff, all these culture sensitive issues. That's where this brand was made. But we, we haven't really put much thought or energy into it. It just kind of went when we did it and then we would just go back to printing because printing was our bread and butter. We never really focused on moving to the retail side. So hi Hawaii. You know, wow. Warrior State of Mind is our other brand, which is which has been doing really well. So, are these brands that you have personally developed, or have you been working with like other creatives? Tell us about that. Warrior State of Mind, um, majority of our contracts we do from our high school. Um, it's it's the biggest. I want to say it's the wealthiest private institution in the United States. Um, but I went to school there, and so we created a Warrior State of Mind line, which is basically a wear all, almost like collegiate wear for all the students. And they even created a, a Warrior Wednesday on campus. They did a bunch of stuff. Um, and so we're just feeding that crowd that I already cater to with sports, with all their club teams, the whole nine yards. So that was already on the back burner. We've been doing it. We did like two or three events on campus. It did really well. We, did, we sold out every single time. But I personally, at that time, I didn't have time to just look into it. It was like, okay, we've got three events. We're just going to plan for these three events. When this pandemic hit, 
we had to, we knew people were going to be on their phones. We knew people were going to be at home. I have all these contacts that I can tap into. What is a strategic way that we can, we can go and create, you know, more business for us during this time. And that really helped. And then the high Hawaii side was always in the, was always on the back burner as well. Events would come up and we wanted to brand it. Like we wouldn't want, everybody knows it as, oh, that's warrior printing. They help out with all these different things. We wanted to brand it. And that's when we came out with this high Hawaii brand. Well, you said you were promoting on Facebook a lot. We like, are. What? We are. I don't know if I want to share all of that. That's that's top secret stuff, man. Secret sauce. Um, but we've been doing really, really well with Facebook marketing. Um, we hired a, some third-party companies to help us with our creatives on Facebook, and we just within the past. And I'll share share with you some numbers offline, Steve and Bruce. But we've we've tripled our business just on just on the retail side alone from Facebook marketing yep. and we see this is why this is why you know I've personally had trouble making Facebook work for business to business on our end like reaching shops but for people going direct to consumer I've heard that story a time and time again and you know you get some people that are like no it didn't but it was like okay maybe your audience was wrong or your creative was wrong but the Facebook just drives crazy amount of traffic. So like, go ahead, go ahead, Caleb. What were you gonna say? I, I've I'm got a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, those guys are really good at what they do. Their algorithms, the way they, the way they, you can give them a scent and they can go out and find every person that smells like that. Um, and we just put our trust in it and we threw some dollars at it. And I would, it's crazy how much money we spent now on ad spend, but our ROAS has been really, really good. So, but that's another conversation, right? But we, we did pivot into the retail side and. Oh, we're talking about this. We're here. <laughs> it's funny because the contracts have been, the contract printing has gone down, right? The custom printing and whatnot. Now I find myself putting on press more of our retail brands because it's, and it's, and it's nice for me because I don't have to do any large runs. I'll do a small run, see if it works. If it works, boom, we can go, we can print. We're in three different settings. We're actually in a mall, which has which been crazy to navigate through. And then we're on this pop-up site, which majority of Hawaii knows about every year. They do a great job of, of having native Hawaiian-owned businesses out on the upfront. So everybody, if they want to go and support local, they'll go to this one website that has hundreds of just native hawaiian owned businesses so and people are are it's a huge thing here you know to support local to keep everything here in hawaii so the fact that the fact that we do everything in-house and meaning we don't broker services or anything like that we can if there's an issue or if there's something that we want to get on press right away we're we're, we're at re, we're going to retail in the next two hours and we have stock and people can order it pick up so forth so those are the those are the ways that we pivoted and it's been it's been really really working well for us gotcha so let's talk about facebook marketing <laughs> because uh you're not the first i i've tried it and i always feel like i'm just like wait i have no idea i'm just like yeah just light it up but i've had quite a few people john amato from jute mode and rotten and jared from rockford with the retail brands, right? Talk to us about, did you use a local agency to help you out? Is it just a, a company that, that kept calling you about digitizing and ended up 
doing Facebook ads for you? Like, how did you find them? So, obviously, on my free time, I, I, I do a lot of research. I, obviously, I spend a lot of time because I enjoy it. Like, like you, Steve, right, and Bruce, you guys find yourself on your free time. You're either reading a book about your business or you're researching about your business through some sort of medium, right? So for me, I happened to stumble upon all these different marketing guys and I asked them the same set of questions, got almost the same exact answer from all of them. And I just traced it all the way back to where are they getting this knowledge from? And then I found this one guy in San Francisco. I won't mention his name now. He belongs to a bigger firm, but he basically said the same thing. Just his price point was perfect for us at that time. And he explained it and he was growing his little business. So we took some risk. He took some risk on us. And then it just kind of organically grew from there. Were, were you scared? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Sorry. But yeah, I was scared. My wife, she was scared. She's like, are you really considering this? I was like, I mean, yeah, you know, we, we got the EIDL alone. Let's do it. <laughs> Run it. <laughs> Let's just go. Let's go. EIDL, what'd you use? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the PPP was wonderful, man, because we didn't have to, like I was telling Bruce earlier, we didn't have to tap into our business savings or anything. So I kept my guys employed through those times that we didn't have any contracts because everyone, everyone, every business was like squeezing. They were tight, right? And no sports, everything was just, nope, shh, everything shrunk. So I got to keep my guys on payroll the entire time. Uh, there was really just one and a half weeks of no work. That's because we were mandated everyone to shut down where they were navigating through finding out who was essential, who was essential, who wasn't essential. So fortunately, we got through that time. And then when we started printing, the first thing I did was, okay, crazy story. I'm going to rewind, okay? My wife worked at Alani, which is right next door to Koalina, and she was doing awesome, phenomenal, six-figure job. She was killing it in sales. Well, we decided that we needed to bring her over because we saw this as a potentially a, a job for her to market because she's a sales and marketing person. And we knew that we had two brands that did really well in the past. The only thing is we weren't exposed. We did two to three events a year, and we sold out. So she was like, mm, let's do it. I took a gamble on my wife. We bought her over in, in January. Pandemic hits in late February, March. And so now we have to pay for insurance, all this stuff. And so to add on top of that, for us to spend money on marketing, which we never did, never did. Like we don't spend anything on marketing. The most we do is, oh, there's some extra shirts. Let's, let's, let's give it away. Like that's the most marketing we've did. To actually put in, you know, four or five figures into marketing was kind of a huge deal for us. When we did that, though, it paid off. It took some time, but it paid off. And it forced us to kind of work more on the retail brand, which we never did. And we were surprisingly to get great, great feedback and great results with it. And it's all from, honestly, Facebook marketing. We had the correct brand. We knew our niche. We just needed to get in front of more people that didn't know about us. And that's exactly what Facebook marketing did for wow. us. Wow. What other tools do you use? Do you use like Shopify or like? Yeah, Shopify. There's a bunch of Shopify apps that we integrate. Um, same way with Printavo in there. I can't tell you it because my wife runs all of that stuff, but I'm sure we can get on a, another phone call and I can share all those different apps because yeah. there's, there's a lot of good features. I think the next thing we're working on, and we've been in touch with uh, Justin, has been a good job at Oklahoma Shirt. We're doing our our subscription, which I think will fit perfectly once we got this crowd captured. Now we're going to feed them every month. So. He's the, uh, the subscription guru. 
Yeah, that's to me. That's that's, uh, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I, I think the most interesting part of everything you talk about is your audience, right? And I think print shops are like, how do I sell more? And your question was like, how do I get the right, how do I capture the audience? And that's something that I think you've, it sounds like you've done an awesome job at. Uh, that's pretty hard to do. Like I, you know, if I were to say I'm going to spend four to five figures on Facebook marketing, I don't know what I would start with. Like, I yeah. Don't know. You- well, you know, these brands are real sensitive on who they're reaching. And, you know, like any other brand, if you believe in what that brand is doing, you're going to invest your money into it because you believe in it. And a lot of this is grassroots. So we knew that um, this, is, this is how our customer looks like. And this is who we're aiming for. And as long as we keep selling that to that same customer, and in the, in the back end of things, we do give back a lot to the community and those events, those, those culture-sensitive events, um, issues. But when you find out exactly who you're trying to reach and who your customer is, it makes your job so much easier marketing. Yeah. I believe that. The Facebook ads definitely seem like a combination of the audience and creative as nailing yep. both, which both have these unlimited like black holes of how you can actually do it well. And that's where people get stuck on. But it's pretty awesome that you nailed it. You also talked about... Um, being able to keep everybody employed, not having to dip too much or dip really into savings. And I know before the call, you'd mentioned profit first. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> and then, so now j- just like, what did that do for you guys? When did you implement <clears throat> it? Profit first started in a conversation two years, maybe two and a half years ago. And my wife looked at me, I'm, I'm brutally honest. My wife looked at me, he's like, where's all the money you say you're making? And I was like, what, what do you mean? Do you, like, we're living, we're living a great life. You like, see you all this stuff? <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 it, was, it was really a punch to the face. And I was just like, you know what? This damn woman is right. Where the hell is this money? You know, I wasn't tracking it. Life was good. You know, and I, I can probably, this is, I'm probably preaching to the choir right now with all businesses because when life is good, there is no statistics. Like, you don't, you don't, to me, I wasn't that organized. To me, there was, it was just like, no, like, life is good. So I'm doing well. Right. I'm making money. Like, how do you not see that I'm making money? But there's no data behind it. There's no data behind it. It's not tracked. And if it's not tracked, you're just losing money, period. So when that happened, I came across profit first. I forgot who introduced it to me. It wasn't you, Bruce. Before we was it two years ago? Profit first. Print Hustlers Hustlers was two years ago with Mike McCallowitz. Yeah, it was right before that. It was probably like three or four months before that. And that's when I read the book. I did. I opened all the accounts. I followed it to a T, and if it wasn't for that, I don't think we would be able to withstand this this pandemic because we had money saved up, and and it was strictly just for the business. So, wow, it's super interesting. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But if I can say anything to any other business out there, if you're not doing profit first, you're not you're not profitable. You just have a glorified hobby. You know, even if you are living the life, you need to be on profit first. This feel podcast like a, sponsored by Profit First. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I feel like a salesman or something. Like yeah. But, hey, no, I mean, I, I've heard that over and over. It's just game change. It's, it's yeah. game change. And, and, yeah. and I think shops aren't like you're never too small to start it either, mm-hmm. which is sometimes like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's just me or I can, you know, it's easy to see things. But mm-hmm. it's not, especially as you're just so tempted to reinvest so much back into it or, or like you said, not track it. 
I, I think the biggest part, because we started Profit First uh, probably February or March, right around when everything happened. And it was a tough pill to swallow because it was expensive. It was like, wow, this is going to be expensive for them to do this. And then once it started working, my business partner's like, yeah, we're stupid for like trying to save a penny and not have really you know, a clean system. And I think it came down to the fact that I wasn't good at Profit First. No one was. And so you just kind of live in denial. And until you pay a professional, it's like going to the doctor, having a trainer, you know, I think, I think that's with everything. And it's like, I look at profit first. I look at Facebook marketing. Like we have, I have a sales coach, you even your art department, right? Caleb, you guys are using GraphX. Love GraphX, man. Our business started to take a really good turn when we, when I started outsourcing every, all of the artwork. I mean, they, they what, took what really good care of me. I just, I looked at my day. And I broke down my day. I was like, why the hell am I on Adobe Illustrator like half the day when I should be answering to emails on sales calls, all of that stuff. Stuff that I'm better at or I know that I'm the closer on. I need to focus my time on bringing more business in. Um, and I was. I was bringing in a lot of business. But then there was always those days where you just only do artwork because your guys are not able to print without you in there. So I never, I never believed in bringing in an in-house guy because I just knew that they were... I just knew that they were overpaid. Sorry, we got a bunch of military planes flying over today, but. Yeah, we um, Can you give everyone a view of what your view looks like? It's not fair, man. I guess you could, yeah, you guys. If you okay. Just turn it around, uh, turn it around. We don't want to lose service. Oh, nice. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the backyard. Nice. So, yeah, so. this is the backyard of warrior screen printing. Uh, if you're listening on audio, uh, this is a uh, beautiful pool with palm trees. Um, are those lounge chairs in the tree? I think there's a lap pool to the side. That's, that's the, that's the adult quiet pool. And then there's a kiddie pool with slides and stuff on back there. Gotcha. When did you install the pool? Like, uh, how much profit did you have to have? That profit was, uh, first. That was profit first. Yeah. We're, we're working on the east wing right now. We still have oh. some construction. <laughs> that's super interesting, Caleb, especially as, like, watching your business grow and you kind of having to do things a little bit different than the traditional print shop. You talked about so many different things when it came to outsourcing, uh, when you talk about like uh, profit first, when you talk about Facebook marketing. Tell us about like your day-to-day -day now as an entrepreneur versus two years ago. <laughs> I don't know if I want my employees hearing this, but um, it's good. I mean, um, now I spend more time on growing the business. I mean, you, I think I've heard it when I was first starting in the business and that, you know, you should be working on your business, not in your business. If you can have somebody do the work for you, um, then you should do it. And it's absolutely true. I mean, most of the time I spend is growing the business. Graphic source, all of these different things, you have to find a way to, to put people or a third-party company in your seat so that you can do better things to move your company forward. I don't know, without giving too much away, but... That's, I mean, that's literally the traction book is the whole delegate and elevate, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, Which, but how did you realize that on the artwork side? Because it is a hard thing yeah. to swallow. You know, yeah. Nick, Nick Wood has been amazing. I mean, him and his team that he has there. And it helped us systemize. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure Steve can, can attest to this. It, it helped me better systematize everything from down from just getting things quoted out to just mock-ups and then getting into the screen and press room from confirmed artwork down to production, there was a big lag, big inconsistencies. Um, and 
graphic source help us systematize that so that everything flowed a lot more smoother. And then we didn't realize yeah. how much systems we were missing because of graphic source. Now that I knew I had a paid service and I was paying it every day on full time, I had to quickly adjust, make sure that I kept those guys busy. At the same time, we were savvy enough and our systems were in place so that everything would flow through a lot faster, if that yeah, makes sense. I, I think when you're forced to outsource something like that, the same thing happened to me. I had to sit down and write out my process and then because of it, we made it better. And when I was deciding whether or not to use it, it came down to the fact that like they're elastic. They're pretty robotic about the way they do things, right? They, they always show up. Um, they're, you know, they always have more artists if you need them. But they're very consistent, right? And, and you're going to get the same every time and you know it. Like I could get a vector redraw in four hours and it's like, boom, we're done, right? And that just like now it's Four a piece hours? of mind. That's long. I, I don't know. It depends. You guys, uh, you, you put yours in earlier in the morning for them. It depends on the time of day. Um, but, uh, but it forces you to automate when it's not in front of you and you can't yell across the room, hey, make that art smaller. It literally forces you when they're in another country for all intent and purposes, um, which, is, which is good, I think. I mean, it, it trains us and whips us into shape, right? It's, no. That's what it did for us. It it helped us realize that, holy crap, we got a lot of systems that we got to make sure is in place in order for this to flow smoothly. So, Yeah, so speaking of automation, Bruce, tell us uh, what kind of new automation Printavo is coming out with. <laughs> <laughs> you put us on the spot, so we have to just... This is the uh, commercial phase. We'll be right oh. back. No, we actually are completely revamping... I mean, I think the automation was a good start, but it needs to be so much more flexible and unlimited. And that's what we're solving right now. And there should be a beta coming out. Uh, well, I'm not sure when this episode is going to go live, but towards the end of October. But uh, that should be more. <laughs> there's two There's two kind of versions. One is just making unlimited automations. And then another one is adding in all of these new triggers and actions to to do things. So... You know, for the guys out there that do want to add, you know, and really supercharge the way that they're doing things, that new automations will uh, module will allow you to be able to do that, right? Yeah. No, we're just giving you shit, Bruce. I, I kind of feel like, and Caleb, what we've known each other for a couple of years, you know, we got to hang out at Print Hustlers. It was a As late our night, businesses grow, Printavo is also growing. So it's like, we're finally ready for the features that you get, like, our business has grown and now we're going to need this. And so it's kind of like we're serving each other. We have to bust your balls, Bruce, about it a little bit. Um, but we, you know, as we continue to grow, we need more automation. And uh, we're glad that you're able to We need to more of everything. More of everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think you guys met, I, I'm pretty sure it was a late night at Prinoswiss Cough. Eight, ten beers, some tequila, uh, maybe vodka in. I I. I it was a dark. It was a dark room too. It, there was a lot of things happening. It was a fun. That was a fun outing. I mean, I we can't wait to be able to have those again. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's pretty cool that I mean, Bruce, you've been to Hawaii, visited the shop. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The newer one is as you guys were just getting rolling. Because um, I remember you. Because when you said you moved in. You had to set, was it the second floor that you had to set up to or? Yeah, man, we tore down that whole second floor. We created actual mezzanine. So we, we actually doubled our space. So we love that space and believe it or not, 
man, we're 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 at the tilt with that. We're we're trying to look for a bigger space. But um, like I said, my high school, which owns the property, um, it, the estate that owns my high school owns the property. So we have a great partnership there, and they're trying to redevelop that area um, where they want it to be not only all commercial or working industrial, but they also want it to create uh, high rises there for more affordable living. So it's, it's going to be a unique space moving forward. And I think with our retail brands being able to be in the heart of that, which is the community we already serve, it's going to be critical to our, our more growth in the future. Yeah. yeah. So Caleb, talk to us about post-COVID. Hopefully COVID-20 isn't a thing. But what are you gearing up for? Like what's in the back of your head? When this is over, Warrior Screen Printing will... So marketing has a big, is a big one for us. Um, we don't market at all. Now we are marketing. So the same concepts and things that I'm doing for the retail brand, I'm going to use going into the printing business because there's nobody on island that, that markets, at least from our research. Um, and it's, it's kind of always behind the times. I mean, I, this is more specific to my, my industry and, and where I'm at. Um, but that's, that's a big thing for us in 2020 is, um, I mean, 20, is this 2020 right now? Yeah. 2021. I think so. <laughs> but moving forward when January hits, it's already having those sports contracts, getting, getting in touch with all these coaches and whatnot, yeah. um, ahead of time and creating, I don't want to give away too many secrets, man. I'm giving you, too much, but creating, we, but, but we creating, we got to get to the Facebook seminar and that anyway, go on, creating, go on. creating, creating web stores for these guys already prior to even making contact with them. Um, just like here what, it is, yep. here's your logo. It's already on it. Just say yes. Yep. And let's move forward. Yep. Yeah. So we've been already in touch with most of the coaches and we're, we're pretty excited for January. If January hits the way it's supposed to hit, it's going to be a good year. So that, that's awesome. What else do you feel like you can move off of your plate? So you talk about the artwork getting off. You're trying to focus more on sales. I'm sure there's other stuff that you're stuck in. You know, the biggest pivot that we did was obviously the retail side. So I'm just anal, you know, my wife is anal. I know it sounds bad, but we're a type. So any customer service that I know I could hand off to the girls in the office, I always oversee it. I, I have a hard time with it, letting it go because I think my response is more, it's just better. So I'm trying to systematize that right now. I trying to, the customer being able to hear my voice and not just, you know, somebody from the office making a nice comment back to them. Cause I think I, I have, the... I don't know if that makes sense, but. No, no, there's a tool that, uh, what's the tool that you guys use in success, Bruce? Or um, Bam Bam, Bomb Bomb? Bomb Bomb is cool, yeah, Bomb Bomb, B-O-M, B-O-M? B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B.com. Huh. Yeah, you just Google it, Bomb Bomb. You can record videos as a nice response to the customers. customers. I, I had another shop that literally just asked about this a couple of months ago that we recorded a video on, uh, on passing off sort of the baton of customer communication. Because, yeah, right, you, you do want that high-level, high-touch, you know, from the CEO type but uh i don't know fair you you've passed that on pretty well right i mean it may look like it come from you but is it is it actually dr Farrag? <laughs> um so what we've done i uh, i subscribe to a lot of people's marketing just to see what kind of content we get sticker mule awesome con awesome marketing um plain text emails 
So what we do is we do a lot of the email campaigns from my name. I use Clavio or Clavio. Yeah, which integrates with Shopify. It's basically the gold standard. Um, yep, has your so, pixel, so, everything. Yeah, it's awesome. So we we take all of our Stripe customers and Shopify customers, and then we load them into Clavio, and then they get um, basically sequences from me, letting them know if it was their first time, hey, I'm Steven, this is the business, here's everything we do. And then they get basically over the next couple of months, they'll just get different emails from me, letting them know about different things. What happens is the sales team keeps that as a separate inbox. So if someone responds to it and says, hey, Steven, and checks in, they'll tag me, I'll say hello, and then we'll pass it off to a salesperson. I think that's a way for me to still connect uh, or it to be my voice. And I think some of the companies that I really like their marketing, their CEOs or some of their you know leaders will kind of have their voice in, in a lot of it. And I think that's my way of staying connected. Um, I don't know about you, Bruce. We use Intercom. Um, we, we've been using Intercom for a long time for, for outgoing emails, but that's a little bit more on the marketing end. It's not for like customer interaction as much, although they do have that functionality. We send that out and then I send some stuff that comes from me as I'm writing it. Because I'm literally writing out, but it could go out to more people than, than obviously just manually sending it. But I, I've definitely delegated off the customer interaction aspect very heavily to our customer care team. I've tried to do that actually as early as possible. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to respond if somebody does message. But if it's a general question, right, of, uh, hey, I can't log in for some reason, right? Well, I'm probably just not able to respond within 20 minutes like they can anyway. So I just forward it into them and let them let them run with it as they would. Because it, it may be 6 p.m., 8 p.m., and they needed it right then. So that's, that's how I mentally... Are you guys myself. utilizing any VAs? No, all, everybody's in-house to, to respond to that. But, but again, on our situation, it is usually a lot more technical of questions. So the, there is a lot of training it may be different for you guys. Yeah, we, I strayed away from it because the first customer interaction that you have is probably the most special. And I don't, I don't trust a VA to do that as much as, you know, when some, when I email someone, I like getting a real person on the end that knows, you know, that's part of the business. Uh, VAs are not real people? No, they, they're real people. Um, <laughs> You get what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I'm just. I'm just uh, I it think the. V like I mean, you know, it's a VA if it's coming from a VA generally. Now there are though, like higher end VAs that are more that are in the states that are more trained in English. That. Man, you you'd be surprised what some of what some of these VAs could do. We have a few, so that's another. What do they help? Well, you shed, shed some light. You use them pretty heavily. I mean, yeah, I mean, through different things that we would normally, well, maybe there isn't automation for it, I'm not sure, but through social media, just uh, interacting with our customers and, and on the marketing side, any new follower, we have somebody follow up with them immediately, immediately about a discount code or, or whatever, whatever, wherever they land on certain things. So that, that's been what I've been spending a lot of my time with is like I said, we, we don't market. And so now that I actually have a market to market to, that has been heavy because 
Hmm. I, I don't know the real terminology, but um, right now what we're focusing on with our marketing guy is once we have this person that buys from me, what is their lifetime, I forget what they call it, but what is their lifetime value, right, of that customer? And you'd be surprised that the same customer that bought in February is buying again here, is buying again here. And it's only because we've been marketing to them. Huh. And that's on the back end side. Huh. So we've been working a lot with our VAs as far as getting that system right. We still don't have it right, but we're, we're working on that. Yeah. Interesting. It's, yeah. it's super interesting. But, but, but that kind of stuff doesn't really require any, any real uh, uh, interaction. It? Like authentic interaction, I should say, right? It's, it's pretty much we're going to give you what you want. Gotcha. How did you find them on Upwork or? Through another contact here um, in Hawaii. She actually um, does that as a, as a specialty for a lot of these businesses that um, do a lot of clerical work that they just do. So uh, there isn't much communication, but you'd be surprised that a lot of these VAs, they're actually great communicators. And I guess we can jump on another call later and I can share that information with you. That's yeah. awesome. I guess the word VA does get a bad rep because you think of like, you know, an offshore type of resource, couple dollars an hour that's copying data here and here. But it is just anybody that's remote that's spending time yeah. with you, which I mean, GraphX, yeah. which is uh, the marketing side. We're all virtual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the real hard part about having a VA is you got to have your ish together. That's what, it, what that's really what it comes down to is if you don't have your stuff together, you're going to pay somebody to sit, you know, and do nothing. And so, yeah, I look at how many, go ahead, go ahead, Caleb. Sorry, no, it just, no, no, it just requires you to really sit down for me as a business owner and be like, Hmm, if I was paying somebody 10 times this amount, what would I want them to do? Cause then it really forces your hand to think about it. Cause we, the VAs are really, they're, they're cost efficient, right? So if you think of it that way, it's easy to just stray away. Like, ah, oh, it's only this much amount per day, you know, I'm not even worried about it. But if you really break it down to where you're treating them almost like a fifty to sixty thousand dollars salary worker, it's a whole different ballgame. So, you know, I'm, that's how that's how I look at it. So it really pierces me to be thinking like this guy's not doing nothing today. No, I have systems after systems after systems that I had to pre-plan and start working out so that they do have stuff to do to always continually move your your business forward. Other than the other than the other than the same tasks that you normally have them do on top of that. Yeah. I look at how many Slack messages or front app tags that I get of like, hey, Steven, what should we do about this order? <laughs> hey, Steven, what should we do about this? And I'm like, I, I think I would ruin a VA's life if they had to do that. I, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I've got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, hit me up. We'll talk. For sure. Well, Caleb, I uh, really appreciate the time spending with us today and just like uh, thinking through creating that that really good streamlined flow because it's clear your your golf game's getting a lot better so i mean something Caleb's must be streamlined just... <laughs> you know what before we, we get off i don't think our employees want us breathing down their throats at the no. shop every day no and, no, you and, don't... and they definitely do thrive in an organized environment i mean it's yeah. hard to put somebody in an environment where it's like chaotic and you're like oh, well, in this situation, I would do this, and they just don't know that. I think a lot of business owners can attest to this. Sometimes I create more havoc in the production than I, than, than, than I should. I go down there, and I ruin stuff. Like, they already have it all together. I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? 20 minutes later, they're adjusting it, and then my, my operations manager comes, comes in, and she's like, 
no what, what what's going on we already accounted for this what why why did we why do we switch this why do we do this why do we print that caleb was why here did, he's like, I was like, stairs. all right guys i'm out here and we, so, <laughs> we call it hurricane steven i literally walked into production today and moved like four pallet racks and everyone just kind of like looked and they're like what uh, yeah i mean yeah and uh, yeah so i i've learned to let go and you know my wife has been a key component to that. She's like, can you just let them be there? They're obviously better than you at that. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> but Hurricane yeah, Steven. That's going to replace Dr. Farrig now. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, no, it's a but no, point. Caleb, this is awesome. And uh, we need to, we need to get travel going again soon. Cause we miss, miss seeing you and hanging out and, and, uh, we're excited uh, to see what you're doing. You're going to have to keep us up to date with all the marketing stuff. Really, really, really interesting. Thank you. Yeah, there's some huge takeaways. We'll drop a link down below to GraphXSource. You guys can check that out to help streamline your, your workflow. Of course, Profit First, if you haven't heard of it. I guess you've been under a rock because we talk about it constantly. The book Traction. And then I, I think, you know, you mentioned it, but just such a great takeaway is is not only does streamlining and, and organizing make your life easier, but for bringing on anybody, including incorporating a VA into your workflow to help you. And then on top of it, the bonus is treating them just like they're a part of the full-time team, uh, which isn't something that we really talk about. Like we kind of do treat it as more of a contract type role, but yeah, that's huge. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Caleb. We'll see you guys Take in the next Take it easy, episode. Caleb.